Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we discuss the 2021 World Championships and share all of our thoughts from the U.S. women not winning any gold medals to the end of Murakami Mai's career. So sad. But this World Championships ended up being a lot more exciting and interesting than I think we expected it to be. So stick around to hear all of our thoughts. But before we get into that, we want to real quickly take a moment to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. Thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you all so much. And if you are interested in becoming a Patreon, we have our website linked down below. On our website, there's a support us tab. You can click that. It'll take you to our Patreon. And from there, you can learn more about each tier level, how much it costs, what we use the contributions for, and all of that. So thank you again to our gold level Patreon supporters. And now let's get into today's episode. So today we are going to be recapping the 2021 World Championships and this world's is kind of an interesting World Championships I feel like because it's not very often that you see a World Championships happening like a few months after the Olympics Mm -hmm. because what ends up happening is you have an entirely new field or at least it feels like an entirely new field you're seeing you know, an all-around final and event finals with no Americans in them when it comes to vault and the uneven bar final. Or you're seeing countries that don't typically have a lot of representation or experience when it comes to a major international event like this at the World Championships, which I think is awesome. It's super exciting to see that diversity and the representation. But going in, I think a lot of people didn't really know what to expect as far as podium predictions. Yeah, and a lot of the big names that we saw competing in Tokyo were taking a break. I mean, we did have a few people there. We had Angelina Melnikova, Rebecca Andraji. They were probably the biggest names yeah. and the biggest medal threats here. Although Andraji didn't do floor in qualification, so she was not going for the all-around. It was really just Angelina Melnikova and Vladislava Arasova from Russia who ended up doing the all-around. And Vladislava originally wasn't even supposed to do the all-around. I believe on floor exercise, she wasn't originally scheduled to compete. And then the day before, we found out that she was going to be doing the all-around. Right, and same with Rebecca Andraji. There were some rumors that like, oh, she is doing floor, and then now she's not again. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about, where it's like you didn't really even know kind of what to predict because it was so up in the air of who was doing what. And, you know, the United States team was named like super late. Like they, they named the team, and then a few days later, they were in Japan and podium training was happening. That's what it felt like. So I do real quickly want to mention somebody that was actually in Tokyo and was really shaping up to have an incredible competition here at these worlds was Hatomi Hatakeda from Japan. She actually qualified in fourth place to the all-around final. And then she unfortunately sustained a pretty major injury while training on bars. I believe it happened the day before the all-around final, which had, a you know, of course, caused her to withdraw from the competition. But it was a pretty severe spinal injury. And there really hasn't been a whole lot of information coming out since then of like what her status is and like what her condition is people have said that witnesses saw her like moving her arms afterwards so that's a good sign that is a good sign but it's super scary and I think it just goes to show you like 
how dangerous gymnastics at a high level like this can be. And of course we know that, but you don't think about it all the time because they they make it look so easy. These are world-class athletes that we're used to watching. And then something like this happens and it's kind of a reality check. Like, holy crap, this actually is a really, really dangerous sport. And it's not often that you see injuries like this happen, but it can happen. And so not to take you know, any moment for granted. So of course we're wishing her a speedy and full recovery and just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that and of course send our well wishes to her and hoping that she'll be okay moving forward. So moving on to the all-around final, I have to say this is the first time I think ever in my life, I almost said in my career as a gymnastics fan, in my life as a gymnastics fan. I mean, fan. let's be real, it is a career kind of. <laughs> but this is the first time that I found myself rooting for somebody to win that wasn't an American. Same. Like, Literally I, same. I kind of, like, okay, I wasn't super passionate one way or the other. I would have been fine with whoever was on the top of the podium. But I was kind of pulling for Angelina to come away with the gold medal. I feel like she just deserves it. She has had an incredible year. And really, if you look at her journey, starting from the 2016 Olympics all the way until now, she has just gotten better and better and better. And we finally saw her get her very first ever world all-around medal in 2019. She won a bronze, and that was such a big deal. But then look at her now, glowing up. She competed at the Olympics this year, got a gold with her team, got bronze in the all-around at the Olympics. And then just a few months later, comes out with the all-around gold medal. The very first time a gymnast not from America has won the all-around title since Aliyah Mustafina in 2010. So it's been a very long time. The USA has held that streak for forever, it feels like. And Angelina said, nope. It ends here. Yeah, not today. And she actually qualified to the all-around final in first place. So I would say with this field going in, she was the favorite to win. I think that if she didn't win, I think it would have shocked a lot of people just because she has a higher level of difficulty. She's extremely experienced, as you just mentioned. So that expectation for her, I feel like, was pretty high going into this. But at the same time, I also didn't want to count out the Americans because Leanne Juan and Kayla Gitello are phenomenal. Those are two athletes, in my opinion, that I think you could have made an argument for them being on the U.S. Olympic team, honestly. So after the first rotation, Kayla Ducello actually had the lead. She had a beautiful double on ball, only had a small hop back. But then going into the second rotation, she had a fall on bars on her Tkachev. So there was... She looked pissed. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And she went to the next event and did angry beam. And it totally worked in her favor because going through beam and then through floor, she really like picked things up again and actually ended up finding herself back in medal position. She finished, of course, with a bronze medal in the all-around. But Miss Leanne Wong, can we talk about her? She's so lovely. And I feel like with Leanne, it's it's just really her consistency that's gotten in her way. She has great gymnastics. She's got big skills. And she has beautiful technique. She really is just a perfect all-around athlete. I think her consistency is what's gotten her in the past. And it's really nice to see her here at her very first world championships, hitting her routines and doing so well. I mean, sure, she has little things here and there. She's not flawless, but I mean, she really is, I feel like, having the meat of her life here at the world championships. I was going to say, do you feel like that was the best meat of her life? 
Because I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, like, I had to think back to, like, her junior career was, like, phenomenal. So maybe this is debatable for I'm me to sh- say, but I feel like that's one of the best meets she's ever had in her entire life. I'm sure she's done better routines on certain events. Like, you can probably find a beam routine or a floor routine or a vault that she has done better at a certain point in her career. But as far as a collective meet goes, I would say, yeah, this is one of the best meets she's had as a whole for events. And then on such a big stage, and you had to talk about the pressure too, the pressure that both Kayla and Leanne had to have been feeling going into this all-around final. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, lots of pressure. And I feel like she just came through. I feel like her bars in particular were phenomenal. So good. And they almost didn't show it on the NBC broadcast or the Olympic Channel broadcast, whatever you want to call it. They almost didn't show it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because everybody was like, her score came up and everybody on Twitter was talking about how great her routine was based off of score and people who were like in the arena, like Jim Castick, well, were talking I, about I it. I watched it live because I was sitting away from Brittany. I'm like hiding my laptop from her so she can't see She's it. She's like, I'm part of the media. You can't see this. So I'm just kidding. I've been doing work for Inside Gymnastics, so I have access to like the media stream so I can see what's going on at all times in the arena. And I watched the routine before they showed it on the TV and I was like, that was the best bar routine I've seen her do. It was so good. Like college 10 worthy? Yes. Oh, absolutely. It's why I'm like, where is this bitch? Like, I need to see it. Like, bitch as in the routine. Not not (laughs) yet. I just want to make that clear. Like, I need to see this routine. You know what I'm saying? Like, where is it? Why are you not showing this to me? And then they eventually went back to it, which I kind of figured they would, but I was like, come on, get it together. We're glad that they did. (laughs) Because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful, 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 beautiful routine. And I can't say enough beautifuls. <laughs> and also her floor. Much beauty. Much beauty. Much grace. Her floor. I feel like Leanne comes to life on floor. Do you feel that? Yes. And There's I, something about that routine. Yeah, and I love the way, first of all, I've never really been a big fan. Did we talk about this before on the podcast? I feel like it was in our Unpopular Opinions episode, or maybe not. Maybe we contemplated putting it in and we didn't do it. Anyways, gauge choreography. I feel like a lot of people always talk about like gauge and it's beautiful and they're so like amazing choreography and they're amazing dancers. And low key, I've never really been a big fan of gauge choreography, but this year I like Kara Aker's routine and I like Leanne's routine. I feel like this is the best choreography that they've had and the music is a lot better. Yeah. I mean, we all know how one feels about Leanne's <laughs> Those music. Damn flutes. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna circle back to what you just said and I'm gonna like pick your brain on this. Has anybody actually said that Gage has good choreography or do people just talk about how beautiful, and I'm putting that with like quotes, the Gage gymnasts are because of their toe point and their lines and their execution and all of that? Because I don't personally feel like I've seen anyone raving about their choreography. I don't want to call like, anyone out, but yes, I can promise you there are people. You? Yes. Okay. No, it's fine. I trust you. I'm just making sure. I'm, I'm like trying mind. to send signals. Do you like read my mind? There's definitely people, which, I mean, that's their opinion. Like, whatever. Like, you're allowed to think whatever you want. I just never felt that way. I think that, yes, like, we all can agree that they're, like, beautiful gymnasts and whatever. But there definitely are people that are, like, mesmerized by Armanet's choreography. And I've just never... And that's weird because, yeah, I feel like I haven't either. Yeah. Like, I've just been, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not but as... Leanne's, though... <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. Yes. And I love the way she finishes her tumbling passes as well. Kind of like, think college salute. Um, she does that after all her passes. <laughs> but she's like, great. it's with a stick, of course. Because she's yeah. going for the stick or a small hop or whatever. But yeah, it's super elegant and like showy. <sighs> I love the little details. 
And of course, we have to mention Angelina Malikova and Vladislav Arazova, the beautiful Russians, our Olympic champions. So happy to see both of them here. Arazova, like you mentioned at the beginning, was one that we weren't sure if she was going to be doing all around, but we knew that if she was, she would, of course, be in contention. And she was there for a little bit. She wasn't really doing her full difficulty. Like, she only did a Yurchenko full on vault, which she stuck, but yeah. it was, it's only a full. Well, she did the double in qualifications, or I should say she attempted it in qualifications, and it basically landed it on her side. Yeah. Um, so probably for the best that she just did the Yurchenko full here. Oh, for sure. Because I think we've seen in the past, you can do less difficulty and have really clean execution and go out and do routines that you know you can hit and be consistent with and still come away with a medal, mm-hmm. especially in a field like this where you're not having, you know, your Simone Biles and Suni Lees. And yeah, this there was more room for somebody else to step up and claim a medal, especially when Kayla fell on bars. It definitely did open up a door for Razavat, but then she fell on beam yeah. on her mount. So... The big question mark going into her beam routine was her acro series because at the Olympics she missed her acro series, but then she also missed it in qualifications. So she did hit that in the all-around final, but like you said, it fell on the mount. So right off the bat, the routine was already off. And and her and Kayla kind of then at that point were back on even playing field. Yeah. Because at this point in the competition, going into like the last rotation, it was starting to become a battle for gold between Melnikova and Leanne Wan. And then the battle for bronze was really between Kayla DiCello and Vladislava Razva, with I personally would argue DiCello having a slight advantage on that event, considering it was floor and that's Kayla's best event, you could say. And... Razov was good on that event too, but I personally would say not as strong or consistent as Kayla is. And not doing as much difficulty as she could have been. Although Kayla, on the other hand, she was only doing a three-pass routine. True. So interesting. But, and I also do want to give her a shout out because I feel like her, and take this with like a grain of salt, (laughs) I feel like her performance quality has improved immensely since trials and championships. And I'm not saying that it's like the state of the art routine and she like performs it so well because like it's It's, it's lacking a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) it's not the greatest floor routine that I've ever seen choreography wise and presentation wise, for sure. Let's make that clear. But I noticed straight from qualifications how much more confident she looked. Yeah. She's smiling. She's looking up. Like she's taking her eyes off the floor. There's a little bit more choreography added in there because it's only a three-pass routine. Yeah, she looked more confident when she was performing. I totally agreed with you. And I was trying to think of how to put it into words because I don't want to say that like it was a tremendous improvement. But you definitely can feel that she's more comfortable with the routine and is trying to perform it a little bit more. And I really appreciate that. To be honest with you, I was watching her routine and thinking that she's going to be fun to watch in college. Yeah. I can totally see her going to Florida and just coming out of her shell. I feel like she's coming out of her shell even more. Like just from trials till now, I feel like we've seen that improvement in her. Even in her interview, she seems more confident and sure of herself. Well, I I mean, she does have the swagger of like, I'm an Olympic alternate. So I feel like True. that's probably working in her favor too. And then now she's at Worlds and she's a all-around bronze medalist. Like that confidence is just going to continue to grow, which makes me really, really happy for her. But anyways, we were talking about Vladislav Razova and kind of, I guess, the, the battle between the bronze, between those two. And then for gold and silver, it was really between Leanne Juan and Angelina Malnikova. And with Malnikova, 
she 100% earned it. Like, I don't think there's anybody who's even trying to argue that. She had one of the best meets of her life, for sure. Hit four super solid routines. Really not even a whole lot of errors. Like, Beam is the one event with Malnikova. Like, she could totally lose an meet. She could lose a meet on that event. Like, she's done it several times in the past. So, you just don't know. You're not going to breathe that sigh of relief until she's through Beam. And her beam routine, like, she had a small wobble on her back handspring with a full twist, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I think her chest was, like, a little bit low on her dismount, so it wasn't, like, a perfect routine, but it was pretty dang good. Yeah, I remember watching it live and being super impressed. Like, she had totally attacked that event. Yeah. And the amplitude on her jumps and her leaps, that was something that I had noted. Just a great beam routine. And then she moved on to floor and, again, had a phenomenal routine. And we all knew Um, we knew that it would be enough most likely and she only needed a 13 and she ended up getting a 13833. So kind of close, Mm -hmm. but she did get it done. I think there was her, it was her third pass. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember off the top of my head what it was, but that was the only moment for a split second. I was like, (laughs) yeah, she was, she came in a little bit low on it and then she does a beat jump out of it. So it kind of helps to cover it, but Yeah, that was her only pass. It was kind of like, whoa. (laughs) But I loved seeing the smile on her face at the end of her routine and that moment where she kind of realized like, like, holy crap, I think I just did this and coming down off the podium. It was a super special moment for her and so, so, so incredibly happy for her and so well-deserved because she's been through a lot in her gymnastics career and she's the definition of a perseverance. Like, she's somebody who never gave up no matter what she was faced with and to be on the international gymnastics scene for as long as she has and to consistently be up there with the very best and be one of the top gymnasts in the world is huge and that's a really really hard thing to do so I'm glad that she finally got her chance at the top of the podium and also just the fact that she was literally just competing at the Olympics and she could have taken time off she could have taken a little vacation but she didn't she you know, she knew she had this goal and wanting to win a world all-around title, and she stuck with it, and I'm so glad she did. I think that people don't realize how hard it is to go from competing in the Olympics to continue training and then show up at the World Championships just a few months later. Like, but, how physically exhausting on your body and your mind that is. Yeah, and she just did such a beautiful job. I also just want to give a big shout out to Leanne and Kayla. I have seen a lot of comments online and not necessarily from gymnastics fans. I think a lot of gymnastics fans know better, but I have seen, unfortunately, a lot of comments online just about them and how weak the field is or how weak this team is and acting like this is the downfall of USA Gymnastics, which let's be real, the downfall of USA Gymnastics is all the other horrible things that they're doing as an organization, not the athletes. Right. The downfall of USA Gymnastics is quite literally USA Gymnastics. Right. For the longest time, USA Gymnastics has had this win at all cost mentality, which I think has contributed to a lot of the issues that we've seen rise to the surface now recently. There's been so much emphasis on you must win. And even from gymnastics fans, we expect the USA girls to come home with gold medals all the time. And we put that pressure on them. And I want to just say how amazed I am with Kayla and Leanne to come into their first world championships with that pressure of knowing, and not even just them, it's literally any gymnast who's competing for USA at a major competition like this. They have these expectations that, you know, they have to live up to. They, yeah. They're expected to win. They're expected to keep this streak going for USA. Yeah, I was going to say, it was an 11-year streak 
which is incredible. But again, like you're saying, I think that also adds some pressure because now there's this expectation that when the U.S. shows up to a world championships, we always are going to have a girl to put out there who's going to be the very best. Yeah. And I guess I just have a problem with people acting like silver or bronze isn't something to be proud of. And I get it. Like, the USA is known for winning. but In recent years, at least. Yeah. But a medal is a medal regardless of the color. And I feel like we shouldn't discredit this team and the things that they're capable of. Or act like the USA is doomed because we didn't win the team gold medal at the Olympics. And then we also didn't win the all-around title here at these world championships. Like, people acting like this is going to be the end of the USA's dominance or we're just screwed going forward. And, like, we have two women who got second and third in the all-around in the entire world. That's a huge accomplishment. It's not in any way indicative of some sort of failure or something even wrong with the system. Right, or like a sign that USA Gymnastics is going downhill. And, And I think that you could make an argument for ways that USA Gymnastics is failing its athletes. Like Kayla not being able to do a one touch warm up and qualifications on beam. Or was it bars? I think it was bars. Whatever event it was. Yeah, I think it was bars. Like, stuff like that. Like, there's for sure reasons to hate on USA Gymnastics. I just don't think that our athletes getting second and third in the world is one of them. Yeah. And I want to say, in the press conference after, there was a journalist who was asking Ingelina a question. And basically, they were like, what is it like competing here with not the top USA gymnasts? And that is just so rude. That was said in front of them. Yeah, they were literally sitting right there. And like, how do you think that makes them feel? To not only hear something like that, but then to go online and see comments from people, you know, just making it seem like this is a horrible result. Like or, it's not good enough. Yeah. Like, and then we wonder why these athletes, years after their gymnastics career, talk about how much pressure they feel and they have all kinds of mental health problems and yeah. eating disorder problems. And they push their body to the absolute limit to the point where they literally broke down physically and mentally. And we wonder why we got to that point. And then instead of celebrating our athletes, just in general, but especially something as huge as getting second and third at a world championships, there's media and there's some fans that kind of make them feel like you didn't do enough. Right. And that like further feeds into that idea that you have to keep pushing. You have to win at all costs. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter like what you're doing. If it's not first, it's not valid. Right. And it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting. We had Jordan Weaver on the show. If you haven't listened to that interview yet, you should go check it out because it's amazing. But we talked to her before the World Championships. And just to remind you, in case you're not aware, Jordan won the all-around title in 2011. Actually, it was also in Japan that year. And she talked about how, you know, the biggest lesson that she learned post-gymnastics is that it's not all about winning. And she wishes that her younger self would have known that it's about having fun and enjoying the experience and it's not all about winning and to not put that pressure on yourself. So that's coming from someone who was the best in the United States and who won a world all-around title. Her advice to other gymnasts is to not put that pressure on yourself and to know that you don't need to win. Like, there's more to being successful than winning 
a gold medal. Just being at an event like this, representing the USA or any country, this applies to like literally any other country. We're using the USA as an example because they tend to have the higher expectations on them because of previous success by past generations. But I would say just being here and representing your country is enough in itself. Like that is the accomplishment. And anything you do on top of that is just bonus. And I also think that people need to remind themselves that Angelina didn't just come in here and walk away with the gold medal. It wasn't like it was 100% hers. No one else could take it because she was just so above and beyond everybody else. Like Leanne and Kayla, but really Leanne in this particular all-around final, she put up a really good fight. Like she made Angelina go up there and hit a floor team. Like, like she, she gave her a run for her money. Yeah, like, like for she, sure. She couldn't have fallen. She couldn't have gone out of bounds multiple times. You know what I mean? Like she had to hit her routine. She had to do a good job to get that gold medal. So, so for that journalist to say to her, what was it basically like not competing against the very best in the world or the very best of the U.S.? I would argue that Leanne and Kayla are some of the best in the U.S. right now. Right. Just because they weren't at the Olympics and you don't know their name does not mean that they're not up there with the best in the world. Because if they weren't with the best in the world, they wouldn't have qualified in second and third. And the gap wouldn't have been, you know, as close as it was. I mean, sure, they weren't, like, right there within half of a tenth, but, like... They made... Everybody had to hit. Yeah, they made it so, like, made the best one win. And I think Angelina, on that day... She was the best one, so she won and she deserves it. But, like, let's not act like they couldn't have won or, like, this was just a cakewalk for Angelina. I think everybody had to go out there and perform how they did and the results are just how they are, and that's okay. Um, I'm proud of both of them. I think that for their first world championships, they did a really good job. They're a great gymnast, and I think that the expectations are just so high, especially even with someone like Simone and how great she is. We're so used to seeing someone so dominant. And, you know, a guaranteed to win. Yeah. And I think sometimes that clouds our heads a little bit. But if you take Leanne or Kayla and you take them back in time and throw them into like 2008 or any time, pick a time period and throw them in, like they're up there performing the same skill level and like with the same execution as the best in the world. They are up there with the best in the world. They they always will be. So I don't know. I just, I have a lot of feelings about it. <laughs> Sorry for the like really long, extremely emotional tangent, but I think it's exciting to have a world championships where someone's not guaranteed to win. Yeah. I think it's exciting to have not only like so much diversity in the field and so many countries making history at these world championships, but for there to be a real fight for those medals. And it feels it's exciting. like... We haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, from the all-around final to even the event finals. It's a true fight for all the medals. And that is the most exciting kind of competition to have. Okay, let's move on from that if you're ready. And we can real quickly just talk about the event finals. Not going to go super in detail with these... But starting with Vol, we had Rebecca Andraji walking the, away. The queen. The <laughs> yes. This was very highly expected. She's clearly superior on this event. I mean, hello, she's the reigning Olympic champion on that event. Her Chung, I would say, was probably not her best, but her double was also great. And like her vault in general, like we've talked about it before, her vaulting in general is just next level. Like it feels like time just freezes she launches herself up into the air and you can sit there and have dinner underneath the vaulting table and just like take your time honestly like there's no rush to get out of there like she's just gonna hang up there in the air for a little bit and then she'll come down when she's ready yeah (laughs) she's just so good totally 
she won by a pretty large margin, which I was not surprised by in the least. What I was surprised by, though, was Asia D'Amato from Italy getting second. Italy is killing it right now in gymnastics. They go from having Vanessa Ferrari at the Olympics getting a silver medal on floor, and then now here, Asia is in the vault finals at Worlds getting a silver medal. And she's the first ever world medalist for Italy on vault. Actually, you can even take it a step farther from that and say that she's the first ever qualified for a vault final at a world championships. So she made history just by being in the final, and then she got a medal on top of it, which is super sweet for her. So cool. And technically, I'm looking at my notes here too. I should circle back to Andrade for a quick second. She was also the first world champion for Brazil on ball. Oh, yeah. You should, probably should mention that. I think because she won the Olympics. Now it's like... We're becoming sensitized to it. <laughs> yeah, like, you just like, you know, she's amazing, and you're like, oh, yeah, she's done this before, but it's like, oh, wait, she actually hasn't won a world title before. It's not very often that you have someone win an Olympic title when they haven't won a world title before. I mean, it does happen, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> she's been with injuries kind of on and off the scene yeah. heading into the Olympics. The Olympics was a very surprising performance for Andrade in general. Now she's just kind of continuing her legacy and I guess continuing to solidify herself as one of the greatest gymnasts in the world and in for Brazil of all time. Also, you just said that and it totally reminded me. This is only her second time competing at a world championships because mm-hmm. she was injured in 2017 and in 2019. She competed in 2018 and then now we have the Olympics and then here we are again. So this is only her second time competing, which feels weird because it feels like she's been there for so long, but the injury bug has got her, but now she's alive and well and just eating it up. Yeah, (laughs) she's she's thriving. So we love that. Anyways, back to Asia D'Amato. History there for Italy, which is super exciting. So Asia actually did the same vault as Angelina Malikova, who got third. They both did Yurchenko double and a half on, half off. But the difference maker between second and third between D'Amato and Melnikova was that on the half-on-half-off vault, Melnikova got credited as a pike, whereas D'Amato actually got credit for the laid-out position. And that literally made the difference between silver and bronze. Melnikova had a huge pike down on her vault. Like, you could see it in the air. It was a huge deduction, if not devaluing the vault, which they did end up doing. So, I mean, it's nice to see that she still got a medal. In this field, I feel like she's up there with the best and she had the potential to win a medal but definitely needs to clean up the form a little bit especially going forward if she wants to continue to be a contender in an event like vault because yeah I think that's one area where she's a little bit weak but I will say it was nice to see and this applies to both the vault and the bar final an event final that we were able to get through with nobody having falls yes huge and there's a reason Tell us about it, Ashley. (laughs) So this is the very first World Championships where we finally have athletes who could warm up and do a one-touch before the competition. As they should. We've all wanted it. Everyone was asking for it. And the FAG finally listened. And we all got our wish. (laughs) The athletes got to warm up before the competition. Like, what do you know? It is possible. Athletes can go up and do their warm-up, and they actually get through the competition, and nobody has any severe injuries, and people are actually hitting their routines and doing their best gymnastics. It's like it actually works, that you can warm up, but it actually does something good. Such a wild concept, you know? But (laughs) they listened, we're happy about it, and it really made for a great uneven bar final. So I feel like this was the one event final 
that I really didn't know what the hell was going to happen <laughs> because it was a pretty deep field. Yeah, one of the deeper fields of this World Championships. Yeah, because you have someone like Becky Downey who, although she didn't do her full difficulty here in qualifications at Worlds, she is one of the best bar workers in the world and somebody who consistently makes, you know, event finals when it comes to World Championships. And is a medal contender. I mean, she won bronze in 2019 at Worlds. Yeah. I was really hoping for justice for Becky Downey with, you know, her not going to the Olympics and just a good redemption story for her and everything that she's been through in the past year. But she didn't make finals, which was really sad. And again, I think indicative of how strong this uneven bar field really was. Yeah, I think she just wasn't as prepared as she wanted to be. That was something she talked about in her interview afterwards. She normally likes to have at least three months under her belt of doing her high difficulty routine in practice. And she just didn't have that with the passing of her brother and just taking time off just to grieve that. I think she said she took 10 days off where she didn't train or do any physical therapy. In the past, she said that if she does take a little bit of time off practice, she always continues her physical therapy just to keep her body moving. Yeah. But before these world championships, she had a 10 day period where she wasn't training or doing physical therapy, which kind of, I think, led to her not being in the greatest shape. Yeah. And she just knew going into these world championships, like she said that like she would know right as she's going to get on the bar that it wasn't going to be the routine that she wanted it to be that she wasn't going to be able to do the full difficulty she just knew it was just a feeling that she had and it probably has a lot to do with just the way she prepared for these world championships and everything that's happened those circumstances yeah um but it gives me hope for the future i mean she did have a good performance her biggest mistake was the dismount she had a pretty big you know hop or step I guess, well it was like a lunge i guess forward and her chest was down pretty low i would say yeah but I think it's, you know, promising to know that if she does add in those upgrades and she has more time to prepare and not such horrible circumstances, which she has been faced with this year, that she'll be right back out there in the event finals and in contention for a medal as well. So our medal podium here is kind of controversial. We have Wei Shouyan from China in first, continuing the world gold medal streak for China at the Olympics. And when I say streak, I mean following a Olympic Games, China always comes out that next year with the world champion on Neva Bar, which is not surprising because, like, let's be real, that and Beam is, like, what they're known for yeah. pretty much. But since 2009 with Hukashin, China's always been right up there coming out and showing that they are producing the top bar workers in the entire world. So not too much of a surprise in that sense. But the biggest controversy, if you will, really came with Lo Ray, who got third. And you could argue that she should have been first. She really didn't have any major deductions in her routine, and her execution is just superior, and it really wasn't rewarded here. Her E-score was only an 8.433, which, in my opinion, is absolutely a crime. It makes no sense. And I know there's a lot of people who are talking about like this theory that she hit her feet on the low bar. Which she may or may not have, to be honest with you, I'd have to go back and look. But either way, that wasn't reflected in the score. So I don't think it really came down to that. It came down to the E-score. Because she actually tied with Rebecca Andraji, and the E-score is where they went for the tiebreaker. And Andraji ended up having a higher execution score. Which is why she was able to come away with the silver medal, and Lo Ray got the bronze. Which, by the way, that 
Silver medal for Rebecca Andrade was another historic moment for Brazil. The first time that a Brazilian woman has ever qualified to the bar final, and mm-hmm. she comes out with a silver medal. Yeah, and she had a great routine, and I think that <laughs> there's also really possibly an argument that she could have got gold. She had a misconnection, so she didn't get her full D score. It was the path to Shapash half. So if she would have done that, her D score would have been higher, and that would have possibly put her above Wei Shoyan. But then I don't know, there's this whole mess with like Andraji and low ray tying, and then the E score is being used as the tiebreaker, but you could argue that low rays is not high enough. So who ends up where? I don't really know. <laughs> like Everybody did good. I just don't know if they all ended up in the right order. Like, I think that they all should have been on the podium. Like, I agree with that. I think the order that they were in probably could have been flipped. Like, you could have reversed the podium and it still would have made sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So let us know your thoughts on this. Send us an email, tweet us, DM us. We're all things gym pod on Twitter and Instagram. I want to hear from you guys and I guess just hear like what your thoughts are on this. Cause I, I see a lot of people talking about it and you know, do you think that she hit her feet on the bar? Should they have taken a deduction for that? Cause they definitely didn't, but do you think they should have? What's your ideal podium in this situation? Let us know. So moving on to the beam final, we actually had nine gymnasts competing in this final, which is really almost unheard of, I would say. We had Rebecca Andraji and Murakami Mai actually tie in qualification, so that means they had the same D score and the same E score. E score usually is determined to break the tie, so when a gymnast has the same E score as well as D score, that's when both gymnasts would either medal or advance, depending on the situation. Right. Which I'm glad that Murakami Mai was able to squeeze her way into this final because she ends up coming away with a bronze medal on beam. And with it being her final competition, for her to just have as many opportunities to compete in front of the home crowd as possible and as many medal opportunities as possible, it's just the perfect way for her to end her career. Yeah, and because she's not really known for her beam work, like... Floor is really bad. I guess maybe the all-around too, but those are really the, the events that you would see her expecting to contend for a medal, and Beam was never really a part of the equation. So this was surprising and so incredibly happy for her. But before we get to her, we should actually talk about her teammate who actually won the balance beam title, and that is Ashikawa Urara from Japan. She had an amazing routine. She was super, super confident up there, and she really only had two really, really small wobbles. She had a wobble on her ring leap and also on her sheep jump, but aside from that, a nearly flawless routine. Yeah, she has perfect technique. Really, I just appreciate her gymnastics. She's the kind of athlete that makes everything look super easy. Like, she makes it look like it's something that anyone can go up there and do. <laughs> and she's totally a beam worker. And we knew this because she was in the balance beam final at the Olympics, but she actually fouled the Olympics, and I believe she finished in sixth. Don't fully quote me on that, but I believe she was sixth. I know that she fell. So to have her come back in the way that she did and claim that balance beam world title is such a huge accomplishment. And I think it, it was hard in the sense that she had a quite a big wait before it was even her turn to go because the first two gymnasts that went up actually fell. And the one that was right before her was Lo Bei from China. And 
she was somebody who, in my opinion, was actually in contention for the beam title. Like, I thought that she was going to be in the mm-hmm. mix, but unfortunately, she had a fall. Then she put in an inquiry. Um, they ended up lowering her score, which is kind of crappy. And, and that I feel sucks. like it's always the biggest slap in the face. It's like, like Kara Aker putting an inquiry in at Worlds in 2019, and then they lowered her score, and then it took her out of the beam final. Yeah, like, that hurts. That literally hurts yeah, so that much. that sucks. So, that happened, but... Either way, it was a long way for Ashikawa, and she handled herself so well, like a seasoned vet. So super impressed with her in this competition. Also, we have to add, it's the first world title on beam for Japan since 1954, so casual. And also, having two medalists from Japan, I feel like no one saw that coming in. Like Normally, you have the Russians on the beam podium, you have the Chinese, the Americans, they're the ones that are kind of the ones you think of when it comes to winning beam medals. So to have a German gymnast and two Japanese gymnasts, it's a nice variety on the podium. And it's something that you don't see very often. So I liked that. Yeah, totally. And also, I think you see more on the men's side, the Japanese men dominating. Like, that's where we typically see the gold medals within Japanese gymnastics, and it's usually not on the women's side. And yeah. if it is, it's usually exclusively for my Murakami M4. So. Right. <laughs> we'll get to that, though, in a moment. You mentioned Pauline Schaefer from Germany. She also had incredible routine and was able to come away with a silver medal. She nailed her eponymous skill, which is the side tummy with a half turn. She makes it look so easy. Oh, I know. And it's so hard for me to wrap my mind around that skill. Like, I watch it, I'm like, what? what is she doing? What? I think even for people that do gymnastics, they can't wrap their head around the skill. I've seen so many videos of people trying to do it. Like, they all do it into a pit or something, and people just can't figure out when to twist. And they're like, how is she landing this on a beam? And she does it so well. Like, it's not even like she's just barely getting it by. Like, and she's she's landing, but there's like a huge wobble. Her chest is down. She nails something it. like that. She nails it. Yeah. So I'm like, go off, queen. That silver medal actually means that she has a full set of world championship B medals because she has a gold from 2017 silver in 2021 of course and then a bronze from 2015 she's got the full set love it for her (laughs) as far as the rest of the beam final i would say it was pretty rough overall there was a lot of falls i know we mentioned earlier with the vault and the bar final we didn't see any falls which was super nice but beam unfortunately was not the case completely opposite story in fact I was wondering if there was something up with the beam. Like, was it slightly tilted to one side? Why was everybody falling? <laughs> There's got to be some reason. Yeah, so for the United States, Kayla DeCello, she almost came off on her wolf turn, but was able to you know manage to stay on. And then she ended up coming off on her series anyway. So not really the best routine for her. And then same for Leanne, a pretty wobbly routine overall, I would say. And actually ended up touching the beam on her aerial layout step out series. And that's really unfortunate because... With the way that that was going, she was the last athlete to compete, and she had a major opportunity to get on the podium and win a medal. She's very capable of winning a medal on beam. It's one of her greater events, but yeah, just didn't have the kind of performance that she needed to get on that podium. And last but not least, we have the floor final with Miss Marikami Mai coming away with the gold medal on that event. For a split second there, we almost weren't sure if it was going to happen because she actually, when her score came in, she was in second behind Angelina Melnikova. And then an inquiry was put in and ultimately accepted, which gave her a 10th back on her routine and pushed her into the gold medal position with a 14.066. What were your thoughts on her routine overall? 
I thought it was great watching it. I it gave off world champion vibes. It gave off this is the best way to end my career vibes. Yeah, I was rooting for her so hardcore. Mm. And what a special moment for her just to have it be in Japan and having her family in the crowd. Her yeah. mom was there. The crowd was totally into it. They were clapping along. It was just a really cool moment and the perfect way for her to end her career. Yeah, I, I think chills. very well deserved. Now she's a two-time world champion because she also won in 2017. So I think that's really, really great. And Angelina Melnikova, she also had a really good floor routine. Honestly, I would say one of the best routines I've seen her do on floor. There was a little bit of an issue apparently with her turn sequence on floor. She's supposed to do a double turn with her leg up. And like an owl turn. Yeah, and then she goes into another double turn. She connects basically the two turns together. And she ended up doing like a two and a half turn, but then they devalued it, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because yeah, I'm not quite sure like where that usually they comes de- from. they devalue the skill when you don't quite complete the skill, you don't get it all the way around. She just overdid it a little bit, so sure, take a deduction, but they devalued it, I guess. So that was a little bit weird, but otherwise her team was great. Like I said, one of the best routines I've ever seen her do, landing wise. And I want to say, because I don't think we mentioned this already, but she was the only athlete in this entire world championships, at least on the women's side. I guess I can't fully speak for the men because I don't pay too much attention to the men. Sorry. She was the only gymnast to do all the finals. So all around and all four events, which is super hard and tiring. It makes for a very long world championships. And hopefully she is able to go back home and get the much needed and much deserved rest. Absolutely. She needs to go to the beach and take some time off away from the gym and just soak in the time off because she deserves it. But the Olympics and World Championships, a lot going on in a short period of time. She really deserves a break. Now let's talk about the bronze medal position because this is the one that's maybe slightly controversial. A lot of people have different feelings and thoughts about who should have actually been third. It ended up being Leanne Wan. She had troubles on nearly every single pass aside from the last pass. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really expecting much with her score and where she would be in the standings. I almost instantly wrote her off at that point for the medal contention at least. So I was really surprised to see that in the end she still was able to hold on to that position when I, in my opinion, there was at least... Maybe this is controversial to say, but I think there was at least two other routines that were better than hers. Yeah. Meaning that not only should she not have been on the podium, in my opinion, but I wouldn't have even had her fourth. I was surprised that she ended up on the podium as well. By the time she did her third pass, you know, I thought she was done for at that point. And it wasn't that it was a disastrous routine. It was just she had pretty large deductions on each of her landings. I would say anywhere from like three to four tenths on each landing for her first three passes. Her last pass was great, honestly the best she can do it, but yeah, the rest of the routine, it it just wasn't quite what you would expect from a medal winning performance at the World Championships. Now I will say, going in, she had the second highest difficulty behind Angelina Melnikova with um, a 5-7, that's for Leanne, so she did have that advantage, but her execution score tends to be higher than the rest of the field. Yeah, so she does have those things working in her favor. But when you look at just the D score, say, you know, she has 5.7. And say someone like Vladislava Razova, who had a beautiful routine, technique-wise, landing-wise, she doesn't have as much difficulty. She only starts out of of a 15.3, but 
her team was beautiful, and you would think that a routine like that would potentially win a medal when Leanne had so many mistakes. Because there wasn't really, with Vladislava's routine, there wasn't really any major deduction. No, not at all. Like, very, very small, like, tenths maybe here and there for small hops. Yeah. Little things. And, yeah, you mentioned her difficulty. Like, Leanne does have four tenths more difficulty. Like, she has that four tenth cushion over Razava on floor but she gave that away on you could argue just one of her tumbling passes and then when you think about all three of them where she had these deductions that basically squashes any lead that she had in terms of difficulty yeah so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense it doesn't really the difficulty is not necessarily an argument here anymore because she gave that away with all the deductions that she had so I'm not quite sure how she came out on top, especially with how well Arazova did. And also Kayla DiCello, she had small hop on her opening pass and then her final pass. The middle pass, she stuck cold. There was kind of a weird, awkward moment that I noticed it live when it was happening, and they also ended up saying it on the broadcast, so it wasn't just me that saw it. But she kind of almost like appeared to hesitate on her leap series. Like, she did one of her leaps, and then there was kind of this weird, like, stutter step, and then she did go into the next one. So it wasn't, like, a break. It, it was connected. There was just the slightest hesitation on it. Almost like she, like, tripped or something, but then she covered it really well. Yeah. I didn't notice it when I was watching it live, so I'll have to go back and relook at it, but... Yeah. She has a difficulty score of 15-4, so a tenth above Razabai, and I thought Kayla had a good routine. Initially, when I was watching, thought that maybe she was going to get the bronze, but I think going back and watching Razava's routine and seeing like how actually flawless it was, even though she didn't have the most difficulty, I think her clean performance overall was enough to put her in that position. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's an argument to be made for both Razava and Cello to be ahead of Leanne Wan. In my opinion, they both had better routines than she did. I agree with that as well. So I guess you guys can let us know what you think. Do you think Leanne earned the bronze medal or do you think that Arazavar or Kayla DeSello or somebody else, do you feel like they should have had the bronze medal? It's an interesting discussion. Also, we keep going back and forth between DeSello and DeCello. We're really struggling with that. Yeah, there's been a couple times where we've had to like stop and like we erase it and then we re-say her name. It's, well, it's getting to be too much. Like every time I say her name, I'm saying it wrong. Even though I'm like writing in my notes, I spelled out like cello as if it was like an instrument that you're playing and i'm still calling her kayla DeSello. the problem is that when she was a junior they 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 said her name differently now than when she's a senior they like the announcers in the arena she leveled up now she has a new last name <laughs> i'm not even joking go look at youtube videos when she was a junior the announcer in the arena at like championships and stuff said her name as DeSello. And now, like, when she's on TV, the commentators, they say DiCello. And the announcer in the arena also says DiCello. Yeah. So, so it's like, which one is it? I think that I got it in my head that it was DiCello, and then I found out suddenly it was DiCello, and at that point it was too late. It's kind of like Kara Eaker slash Aker. <laughs> we made that transition pretty well, though, I feel like. That wasn't too hard for me to transition. I'm struggling with Kayla a little bit. So our apologies to Kayla and anyone that's bothered by name <laughs> mispronunciations. We're not doing it on purpose. We are making a <laughs> conscious effort. It just we're, It's ingrained in our brain the wrong way, unfortunately. <laughs> I also really quickly want to give a shout out to 
Maria Chalinski from Romania. It was so nice to see a Romanian, aside from Larissa Yudaki, in an event final. And it wasn't even a beam final. It was a floor final. And she did so good. Every single time she was out there competing, like every time we saw that floor routine, I feel like it looked the same way. Super consistent. Great tumbling. I love her third tumbling pass, the double twist to punch front. I think that's super fun. Hey, it's Ashley in editing. Just wanted to say, I meant to say double talk to punch front, not double twist. Sorry, it's been a very long week. I think she has a lot of potential. You know, give her a little more time. She's going to continue to up her difficulty, get more experience on the international stage. This is her first major international competition. And, you know, I think she's going to be a potential star for Romania, which is nice because, like you said, we haven't really had anyone from Romania since the Rosaradaki. And she's and been around for a while, but we need someone new. Like, we need yeah. a new, fresh face on the Romanian gymnastics scene. Well, and I they, totally think Maria fits that. Yeah, they can't rely on Larissa forever. They have to start looking for the future. So I agree as well. I think Maria is going to be the future of Romanian gymnastics. At least I hope. We also want to give a quick shout out to Jennifer Williams of Sweden. Watching her on the live feed during the all-around final, she really caught my eye. Beautiful gymnast. She kind of reminds me of the Russians with the way that she moves. Like she has beautiful lines, really clean gymnastics, great toe point, great flexibility. The extension on like every single thing that she does. Yeah, she has it all. So that's super, super exciting. She needs a little bit more time just to get adjusted and also to upgrade her routines a little bit, but so much potential here. Yeah, definitely has the makings of a star for sure. And really excited to see what she's going to do in the future. She did an interview with Jim Kastek and I learned that she speaks English. So there's a part of me that's thinking, should we try and get her on the podcast? Would you guys like that? that I don't know like how confident she is with her English. Um, I think sometimes with people who are from different countries, like someone like Angelina Melnikova, for example, like you can tell that she could probably have somewhat of a conversation with you in English, but I don't know how how comfortable and confident she is in a public setting and expressing herself and the possibility that something can be like twisted or yeah, not understood properly. Um, So I think that there is that barrier even when somebody does speak English. So Mm -hmm. that would be my only like fear, I guess, with doing it is that I would want her to be comfortable to do it, but... Maybe, I don't know. Maybe let we us can know. ask. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask and let us know what you guys think. Or if there's anybody else that speaks English and that you think might want to be on a podcast, um, definitely let us know. You can reach out to us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think I already said that in this episode, honestly. We're, we've been recording for over an hour. I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> um, and we also have an email, allthingsgympod at gmail.com. Let us know who you want to see. <laughs> I want to round this episode out with a shout out to the U.S. men. We don't really talk a lot about men's gymnastics on this podcast, but just got to give a shout out to Steven Nedarasek, world champion on the pommel horse. The first time a U.S. man has ever won a world title on that event. The USA men have always been kind of thought of to be weak on that event. And they came out at this world championships between him and Alec Yoder. And they qualified second and third into the final. Alec didn't have the best performance as he could have in the final, but Steven absolutely crushed it. And just how cool and how inspiring that is for the young male gymnast out there in the country to have someone to look up to and think like, I actually 
can contend for medals, yeah. whether that be, you know, at the world or Olympic level, like I can do that. Yeah, and who would have thought leaving these world championships that the only gold medal for the USA would be from the men? That's wild. <laughs> That's a big plot twist. But honestly, I'm so, so happy for Steven. It's he about deserves time. It. It's about time for the men. He is the national champion, and he was left off the Olympic team, which I think a lot of people had a lot of feelings about that. Him and Alec are really similar. They have the same start values. They really both are pretty much even when it comes to, you know, their capabilities. But I think Steven has proven how consistent he can be and he hit when it matters most. So I think that's so exciting to have a world champion on the men's side. Also want to give a shout out to Brody Malone. He got a bronze medal on high bar. Should have been gold, in my opinion, not to discredit what the other athletes did in that final, but his, in my opinion, watching it live was far and away the best routine. Really the best routine I think I've ever seen him do. He hit all his major release moves. He had good form. He nailed the dismount. Um, I was a little bit shocked to see him just get the bronze. I think he should have won gold. But it is what it is. There's a lot of things I think that happened at this World Championships that a lot of us were like, what? <laughs> and also shout out to Yul Moldauer because although he didn't come away with a medal, he still had a really, really successful World Championships. He came in fourth in the all-around final and then fifth in the parallel bars final. That's no small feat. And for him to come back in the all-around final and to climb back up in the rankings like that when he started the competition with the fall, I think it's just a testament to his potential. And honestly, it's kind of heartbreaking. If he would not have had that fall in the first rotation, he would have won the bronze medal in the all-around. It's a little bit painful. That's how close it was. Yeah. But, I mean, that just goes to show you that when he hits his routines, he's medal-worthy. He has that potential. So I think that he should be very proud as well. And I think overall, a lot of exciting things happening for USA Gymnastics on the men's and the women's side. We kind of mentioned it earlier, but despite maybe not coming away with as many gold medals or medals in general as we are used to seeing from the United States, um, for me, it doesn't take away from what these athletes have accomplished, the hard work that they've put in, and I guess sometimes even the circumstances, like with COVID and having to quarantine and not having like family and friends be able to travel to your meets to cheer you on, like those types of things do make a difference in how you perform. And I know at least it would for me. So, you know, there's a lot to consider with this. And I don't think that this is the end of the world. I think that these athletes did amazing in their own right. And they're all so young and there's so much ahead of them that I feel like the future is still very, very bright. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week with another new episode. We're actually going to the GOAT tour, the Gold Over America tour tonight, as of Sunday that we're recording this. So by the time you guys hear this episode, we'll already have gone to the tour. But next week, we're going to let you know all of our thoughts, everything we have to say about it. And we're also going to have an interview next week. Yeah, so we have two interviews actually lined up next week. We're doing two interviews back to back pretty much. Um, Not really sure sure which one we're going to release first. 
I guess we can just say who they are. We're going to have Leah Clapper, who is a senior on Florida's gymnastics team, on. And then we also are going to have Jameson Sears, who is a first-year senior elite gymnast for the U.S. and a recent Alabama commit. So we will be interviewing both of them next week. And then it's just a matter of which one we decide to post for Monday's episode. But if you're a gold or silver level Patreon supporter, remember you can send in questions. So make sure you do that. You can honestly, you can message us on social media, send us an email, just contact us however it's most convenient and easy for you. But if you have any questions, let us know so we can be sure to get those in before we do the interview next week. We hope you guys have a great Monday. Get some extra sleep. Last week was a very, very long week with waking up at 3 a.m. every day. Yes, very true. So have a great Monday. Get some sleep. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.